Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. day and thank you for standing by. Welcome to the Corora Resources First Quarter 2021 Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Paul Hewitt, Chairman and CEO. Thank you. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator. Good morning and welcome to the Corora Resources First Quarter Conference Call. I'm happy to announce that I have made the move to Australia. I'm thrilled to be here in our Perth office alongside Graham Sloan, Managing Director of our Australian Operations. Other members of the Corora Executive Management Team speaking on the call today, in addition to me and Graham, are Barry Dahl, Chief Financial Officer, and Oliver Turner, Executive Vice President of Corporate Development. Please feel free to follow along the slides on the Corora website. This morning, we issued a news release outlining our solid results for the first quarter of 2021. There were no surprises and we delivered according to our plan. Our MDNA and financial statements for the period ended March 31st, 2021 have been filed, all of which are available on the Corora website and under Corora's profile on CDAR. Uh, before I get into the presentation, I just wanna remind people, um, please review our cautionary statements regarding forward-looking information and non-IFRS measures, which can be found in our management discussion and analysis, news release, and on our presentation slides. Thanks to all of you that have taken the time to join us for our call today. Now that I'm on the ground in Perth, I'm thrilled to report I have just returned from a four-day site visit of our operations. I must say I was very impressed with the enthusiasm of our employees and the improvements I saw at all the operations since my last visit, especially considering the added pressures that we are all facing resulting from COVID. Admittedly, I'm particularly pleased at the focus from our two general managers, Don Harper and Philip Brixen, for their attention and efforts to safety. With so many things going on at each of our operations, it is easy for safety to get overlooked. And I can gladly report this is not the case. Our GMs are extremely focused in this area. This is a value that cascades down throughout our organization, starting from the support at the board. From an operations perspective, I'm also happy to report that our previously announced phase one mill expansion is actually ahead of schedule, and we have already achieved a run rate of 1.5 million tons per year. That is an extra 100,000 tons per year from the debottlenecking exercises that we've been doing. 
we are already halfway to our target of increasing the mill by 550 tons per day. There is no doubt we will be enjoying the benefits of the additional mill feed in the second half of the year. The full phase one expansion, once complete, will represent a 15% increase in capacity from 1.4 to 1.6 million tons per year. This expansion aligns quite well with the new ore sources we have to fill the extra capacity in the second half of the year. I was also able to finally visit Spargos since acquiring it in 2020. Our high-grade open pit is progressing as planned. There are several contractors on the ground. There is certainly a lot of activity preparing the site for us to mine. We expect to have completed all the pre-strip and final permits allowing us to get ore into the plant in the third quarter of 2021, again, aligning with the mill upgrade. Lastly, at Higginsville, I was pleased to spend time at Two Boys Underground, and I also visited Aquarius. Our new mine superintendent, Phil Botha, has a great handle on reopening these operations, and we look forward to receiving tons from both these sources later in the year as well. Over to Beta Hunt, on the heels of reporting some very strong drill results, including the high-grade Larkin Gold Zone, the high-grade 30C nickel discovery, and some very high-grade intercepts at the 50C nickel discovery, I was able to spend a full day at the operations and underground with Robert Walker and several others. It was certainly exciting to finally see the newly discovered Larkin zone with my own eyes. I'm happy to report that the infrastructure required is being finalized with a newly constructed ventilation raise, and there was also a core drill turning while we were there. You can all expect some more information about the Larkin in the next coming quarters. As always, Graham will dive into the operations in much more detail. I was simply so excited after returning from the operations that I felt it was necessary to steal some of this thunder and share with people what I was able to see firsthand. We certainly have some extremely busy and exciting times for our shareholders. As many of you will recall, our 2021 production guidance range of 105 to 115,000 ounces is approximately a 20% increase compared to last year's guidance. It is important to understand the increase in production this year is aligned with the increase in mill throughput and addition of new mining areas. As such, production is more weighted to the second half of the year. With respect to the first quarter, I want to summarize a few highlights or bullets. For Q1, we delivered another steady production result of approximately 25,000 gold ounces and sold approximately 26,000 ounces, which was in line with our guidance and our budget and plan. We had a consolidated all-in sustaining cost of $1,049 per ounce sold. This again was aligned with our full year 2021 guided range of $985 to $1,085 per ounce US. This is quite similar like what we delivered in 2020, 
with respect to costs being reduced quarter by quarter with one huge exception. We are starting 2021 much lower than Q1 of 2020. Actually, based off memory, I believe our all-in-sustaining cost was approximately $1,200 per ounce in the first quarter of 2020. Um, we're already at 1049 so we continue to strive and focus at ensuring our margins are an extremely important part of our business. Q1 EBITDA was $21 million, or $0.15 cents per share, and adjusted earnings were $8 million, or on a per share metric, it was $0.06 cents per share. Uh, we made the final royalty payment of $2.5 U.S. million using cash to the Mavericks Metals Company during the first quarter as part of the Beta Hunt royalty buyback. I'm actually very thrilled that this is finally behind us once and for all. Our cash position remains strong with $77 million at the end of Q1, slightly lower than the year-end 2020. The small decrease in cash was primarily due to the timing of planned investments in growing the business. Our 2021 capital plan includes significant investments in the first half of the year, including new trucks and other equipment, as we prepare to bring new mining areas in the second half of the year. Our continued ability to generate cash is demonstrated by our operating cash flow of $19 million or 13 cents per share, despite planned lower grades and our working capital increased by over $6 million to $63 million. Actually, it's not that distant of a memory for me when I recall doing one of these quarterly calls and the working capital of our company was a whopping negative uh, $8.7 million. Times have certainly improved for our company. Beyond accelerating production growth in the second half of the year, one of the many reasons I have relocated to Western Australia is to directly support our plans to deliver a multi-year growth plan alongside Graham and our projects team. We are excited about where our organic growth potential can take us over the next few years, and I'm looking forward to delivering the plan to the market in the very near term. Before turning the call over to Graham, I wanted to take a moment and recognize and thank all our people, both employees and contractors from our mine sites for working so safely. I was privileged to have met many amazing people at our operations. To each of you, thank you for your tireless efforts and continued sacrifices. We are truly blessed by an amazing team at our operations. At this point, I will turn the call over to Graham to outline the first quarter operating performance. Over to you, Graham. Thank you, Paul. Our first quarter for 2021 was another solid production and cost performance. And importantly, we were able to advance a number of key capital projects at Higginsville Central and our Higginsville Mill. As always, the health and safety of our personnel is our top priority, and I am pleased to report we've reached a total of 739 lost time incident-free days at Higginsville and 261 days at Beta Hunt. 
This is a great achievement and a testament to the hard work of our general managers and their respective teams. We have also undertaken a number of key safety initiatives to continue the strong focus on safety. These include the continued employment of a full-time nurse, upgraded medical facilities at both sites, including a new medical centre at Beta Hunt, upgraded our emergency response team equipment and training, and the establishment of a number of mutual aid agreements with neighbouring mining companies. So a great deal of good work undertaken, which is reflected in the results. From an, an environmental perspective, there were zero reportable incidents for the quarter and multiple project approvals submitted and received from the relevant authorities. Overall, I'm very proud of the level of commitment to safety and the environment shown by our respective teams across all areas of our business. If you go to slide nine, operational highlights Higginsville, on a consolidated basis for Q1, we processed 371,000 tonnes for just under 25,000 ounces of gold. As Paul mentioned earlier, our de-bottlenecking efforts and expansion at the mills are already paying dividends, with throughput rates reaching the 1.5 million tonne per annum. This is, as he said, ahead of schedule, and further improvements are expected to take us to 1.6 million tonnes in the coming months. Even with the higher mill throughputs, recoveries averaged a consistent 93% for the quarter, demonstrating our ability to blend material from multiple sources whilst maintaining throughput and recoveries. Mill availability exceeded 95%, so we've really been firing on all cylinders, reflecting an excellent effort by our Higginsville General Manager, Don Harper, the mill manager, Dennis Nunn, and their operational team. With additional mill feed coming from Beta Hunt, we were also able to fast track a number of pre-development pre activities at Higginsville and treat some of our lower grade stockpiles. This resulted in a total of 138,000 tonnes milled from Higginsville for the quarter at an average grade of 1.6 grams per tonne, 17% lower than quarter four in 2020. This will be rectified in the coming months with mine production to progressively ramp up from our Spargos and new underground areas. Mining at, Higg at Higginsville, open pits largely focused on pre-strip activities, yet we we're still able to mine around 140,000 tonnes from Hidden Secret and a further 20,000 tonnes from Baloo. Apart from the obvious gold content, this material also provides critical blending flexibility for our mill and supports our recovery rates and optimal crushing and grinding performance. Slide seven, operational highlights Beta Hunt. For Q1, Beta Hunt contributed 63% or 233,000 tonnes of the total tonnes milled for the quarter, resulting in just under 19,000 ounces of gold. Beta Hunt underground mine production continues to improve with average monthly rates of 70 to 75,000 tonnes of mining compared to the 60 to 65,000 in the second half of 2020, an increase of approximately 15%. The improvement, mainly associated with the upgrade to the mining fleet and improved pr production techniques in the stopes. The slide eight, exploration highlights. During the quarter, we continued drilling activities at both Beta Hunt and Higginsville, 
with over 40,000 metres drilled across operations. Our exploration budget for 2021 is a very healthy $20 million Australian, split roughly 50-50 between greenfields exploration and resource development. As with most mining companies here in Western Australia, assay turnaround is a challenge owing to the industry-wide shortage of laboratory capacity and lab personnel. We need to ensure we don't use COVID as a catch-all, but in this instance, we can lay the lab and labour issues directly at the feet of COVID and border restrictions. We are hopeful this situation may improve in the latter part of 2021. At Higginsville, we completed over 30,000 metres of drilling with up to four rigs drilling at any one time. Key milestones include the completion of Stage 1 Scout Air Corps drilling at Lake Cowan, where we previously reported an intersection of 1.35 grams per tonne over 50 metres. This is an excellent result, as under normal circumstances, anything greater than 20 parts per billion is considered significant. Follow-up drilling is aimed for later, later in the year. Our resource definition drill program continues to focus on near mine targets within Higginsville Central and close to the Higginsville plant. Targets include Aquarius and the Two Boys deposits. At Spargos, we have previously reported a number of very high grade intercepts, including 29.8 grams per tonne over 19 metres and 27.3 grams per tonne over 15 metres. In March, we reported an intersection of 6.1 grams over 14 metres, and although a little lower in grade, is seen as extremely important as it supports the down plunge interpretation of a high grade chute which now extends for over 300 metres. This chute remains open at depth and highlights the potential for future underground mining operations. Overall, plenty of good news from drilling at Higginsville and Spargos, and we look forward to providing further updates as assays are received. In slide nine, exploration highlights beta hunt. A beta hunt, drilling continues to focus on upgrading and extending the upplunge potential of the zone and the new Larkin Gold Zone. Both areas are shaping up very nicely and are expected to be incorporated in our 2021 mineral resource update later this year. Our nickel exploration is also in full swing and last year we reported our first new nickel discovery in 13 years with the announcement of the high grade 30C target. Last month we also announced another new discovery named 50C which included an intercept of 11.6% nickel over 4.6 metres. You can see this on slide 9. As with 30C and Larkin, the 50C is within close proximity to existing mine development, reflecting the enormous advantage we have at Beta Hunt, given the extensive, extensive network of underground development already in place. These discoveries clearly demonstrate the strong upside potential for nickel, which as you know is a meaningful byproduct credit to our growing gold production profile. So in conclusion, let me leave you with this. We have now extended the Beta Hunt Gold system to over 3.5 kilometres in strike length. 
you add in the nickel potential and be rest assured we have a very special mine. I'll now turn over to Barry Dow. Thank you, Graham. I'll now provide a few financial highlights for the first quarter. Please turn to slide 11, financial highlights. First quarter revenue was $59 million, up 5 million or 9% compared to the first quarter of 2020. The year-over-year -year increase in revenue was due to a combination of higher gold ounces sold and higher realized prices. First quarter net earnings were 5.6 million compared to 0.5 million first quarter of 2020. First quarter net earnings were negatively impacted by a non-cash unrealized foreign exchange loss of $4.6 million or three cents per share. First quarter adjusted earnings were 8.1 million or six cents per share after non-cash adjustments related mainly to the unrealized intercompany foreign exchange loss and other non-cash items. First quarter cash operating costs were $952 US per ounce and ASIC costs were well within our guided range at $1,049 US per ounce. The cash balance at the end of the first quarter was very healthy at $76.7 million, down slightly from $79.7 million at December 31st. During Q1, we paid $2.5 million US dollars as the final payment to Mavericks related to the royalty buyback agreement entered last year, and a $5.3 million reduction in accounts payable and accrued liabilities. Working capital was $63.2 million at the end of the first quarter, up $6.4 million compared to 56.8 million at December 31st. I'll now turn the call over to Oliver. Thanks, Barry, and hello, everyone. In the short time since our last quarterly call, we've been very active on multiple fronts. Our engagement with Six Media has resulted in strengthened retail presence and engagement across our media platforms, while continued virtual marketing and conference attendance were key drivers behind the strong outperformance of our shares versus our peers during the month of April and into May. In fact, we've been one of the strongest stories from a quant analytics perspective since the last quarterly call, a strong show of support from our institution. Near-term catalysts coming up this year include our multi-year growth plan, which we intend to release to the market during the current quarter. Of course, we also plan to deliver drilling results from across our properties to the market on a regular basis as assays are returned to us from the labs, as Graham previously mentioned. At Spargos, we expect to announce an updated resource estimate providing a higher level of confidence for the startup of mining operations expected at the beginning of the third quarter. From this new estimate, we plan to step out further with the drill bit with the target of further ounce additions and grade improvements. It is a very exciting project. Last and certainly not least, pending TSX approval, we will be renewing our NCIB program in order to provide us with the flexibility to repurchase shares in the open market as opportunities arise. As always, we have a thorough capital deployment review process and with our upcoming growth plan, we have a very high return use of our growing cash balance. NCIB purchases compete with those capital uses and thus we carefully evaluate each repurchase decision before executing. During 2020 and early 2021, we moved strategically to repurchase shares to reduce the net cost of our Remulus royalty buyback, which was executed to great success. We will watch carefully for similar opportunities to execute our NCIB as 2021 progresses. And with that, 
I'll turn it back over to Paul. Thanks, Oliver. And thank you again to everyone for joining us today. We realize and understand how busy people are, and taking the time to listen into our call is greatly appreciated. We had a fantastic transformational year in 2020 and are certainly excited by what we have ahead of us in 2021. We look forward to reporting our progress as we move the business forward. Thank you and have a great day and we'll turn it over to the operator for some questions. As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And your first question comes from Tom Gallo with Canaccord Genuity. Thanks, everybody, uh, for, for taking my question. Uh, first one here is for Paul. Um, now that you're sort of firmly on the ground in Australia through the quarantine process, sounds like, um, you know, have, have had your hands on the operation here for, for a little bit. Um, if you could just kind of give us a little bit more of an understanding of what your next priorities are going to be um, in your sort of new location. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Uh, look, uh, as I just mentioned, I just got to spend quite a bit of time underground here at all our operations. And, and our priorities are really going to be uh, what we laid out, uh, finishing the project that we have, getting that uh, second phase or mill mil one expansion done, sorry, um, and getting the project online. We've got several projects coming on at the same time. And then more importantly, Tom, uh, getting that growth plan out to the market. We've been working very hard with a lot of consultants look around the clock, too. We've been working uh, some in North America and on this time zone trying to make sure we get that completed uh, with consultants. So getting that growth plan to the market is very critical not only for us, but for the market. So we've got a pretty busy, busy road in front of ourselves. And uh, it's actually really exciting to be here on the ground in the middle of all the action, Tom. So hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, no, it's good to hear. Just uh, obviously you guys are laser focused on that uh, that growth plan. Um, just a second question here for me, um, more more just sort of some housekeeping stuff with the, with the, the modeling. Um, we saw all unsustainable costs uh, go up quarter over quarter. We we kind of knew that was coming. Uh, obviously, well within the range of 10.50 an ounce. Um, should we expect to see that level sort of sustain going forward? And and maybe can you explain a, a little bit more? I, I think we touched on it last quarter um, why you kind of you guys were kind of so low, but maybe just sort of reiterate to me so so I can. Uh, I can recall just on on where that increase, 15% increase came from and sort of what we should expect here from an ASIC basis going forward. 
Yeah, okay, Tom, I'll start, but then I'll hand it over to Graham. Here's Paul again. It was certainly budgeted that way and part of our plan. That's why we had that range. Um, we certainly had planned that because we know we're going to have uh, different grades, more projects, and the, the, the increase in mill. Um, but I'll let Graham go ahead and, and answer that one for Tom, please. Absolutely, Paul. Um, Tom, as Paul said, yeah, look, this this increase was was budgeted, so it wasn't a surprise. Um, secondly, the the gold sales in quarter four was up sort of a, around ten percent on quarter one, which obviously obviously directly feeds into our all and sustaining costs. And at Higginsville, um, in quarter one, we've been undertaking quite a bit of development. Um, on our next generation mining centres at Two Boys Aquarius Aspargos. So not a big production quarter from Higginsville. And at the same time as that, when we were able to feed in um, a higher grade or sorry, more of the beta hunt feed, it allowed us, um, with the increase in, in mill throughput, allowed us to, to actually treat some of our lower grade um, lower grade stockpiles. So that the, the the combination of the lower grade stockpiles, the 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 fact that we're able to um, have lower grade uh, lower uh, gold sales in there, um, combined to give you that um, slightly higher, but within guidance and within our budget, um, all in sustaining costs. Okay, great. Thanks. That's that's very helpful. That's uh, that's it for me. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Tom. And your next question comes from the line of Ian Parkinson with Stiefel GMP. Yeah, good morning, everybody. I uh, hope you all continue to stay safe. Um, just a question on on the grade profile, gents. Um, so the grade drop in the quarter, um, and it was materially less than the way you finished the year. Uh, I mean, Q4 was obviously was quite solid, but can you can you explain to me why the decrease was it was it expected? Is this the model um, predicted? Um, and just give me some color on that, please. Yeah, thanks for the question, Ian. Uh, Graham, you want to go ahead and ask uh, answer that Absolutely. one, please? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, look, Ian, it's it's again, it's we actually took advantage of the really good work that's been done in and around the, the treatment plant. We we had that extra capacity come through earlier than what we planned. So what we did, we plugged that 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 hole with, or not hole, that uh, that additional capacity, um, and we took the opportunity to treat some of our lower grade um, stockpiles. So overall, the average grade come down, the gold um, production went up. Um, and so it, it, it's it's pretty much a controlled um, uh, a controlled around our grade profile. So as I said, most of this is 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 planned. We see it coming. It, we take an opportunity. And look, in the future, if we if we see over and above what our our mill can do, we'll probably fill that hole too with the, with some of our stockpile material. And I just and, and you, I just want to add you, Ian. Sorry that um, that it was certainly aligned. Everywhere we're mining is is reconciling very very strong with our model. Within actually some of the greatest numbers I've seen. Actually, I've seen uh, less than five percent dilution here. So our model is reconciling very very tight with the areas that we're mining. So I just wanted to add that as well to Ian. 
to uh, Graham's response, Ian. Yeah, no, I understood. I mean, grade's just one one factor in, in margin, right? But uh, as far as far as the trend, did you expect the trend to increase over the course of the remainder of 2021 for grade? We we look with all our grades of budget. Sorry, Paul, all our grades of budget to to as we bring these other mining centres on around Sparkles for that. We are back-ended in um, as far as our production profile based around the grade. So um, to, to achieve what we have in the first quarter um, uh, above, the, above budget has been a, a good outcome for us and we expect to see that trend continue throughout the year. Okay, thank you. And sorry, and I apologise if you've already answered this because I, I had some troubles dialing into the call, but on, on the Spargos resource update, what's what's the timing on that? Go ahead, Graham. Um, yep. Yeah. Just on the Spargos, we'll target the end of quarter two for Spargos. Um, we've still got a, a little bit of work to do around some of the, the modelling and just the, the final touches to it. Um, and then sort of uh, that will that'll come out at end of quarter two, and then we'll look to do the remaining resources as we would normally at uh, somewhere around that quarter four. Okay, and just one more quick one then for me, just for the rest of the projects. I know you guys you know, you have a lot of balls in the air. Um, other projects that you're working on, can you just remind me that the, the, the schedule or the, the, the timing of those, that additional work, just so I can lay out what to expect for 2021 and early 2022? Go ahead, Graham. Yeah, um, and just to clarify that, you the other projects, you mean the mining projects we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, mining projects, and just just yeah. as your yeah. you know, you know, um, you know, you've got more boots He's on the ground, about, as we know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, just boys, Aquarius, and the mill expansion. Yeah, we we certainly most of those will start to take shape around quarter three, in quarter three, and then start to build as we get into quarter four. Um, as you can imagine, these are uh, certainly at Aquarius. It's a new project, so there's quite a, you know there's the normal pre-development activities that don't really put a lot of um, ounces onto the deck. Um, but as we move into that, the latter part of the year, we should start seeing the higher grade material come through. Um, and the tons at, at Spargos, uh, again, quarter three, we should see that, as Paul mentioned, we should see that um, the open pit kick off and that'll be a, a nice addition to uh, going into the plant. And two boys, uh, again is is around that quarter three. So quarter two was always um, scheduled as a B and budgeted to be a, uh, you know, a sort of a, a quarter that was um, a lot of development was going to take place and we should start seeing quarter three and quarter four when production and goes up and costs start to come down to that, uh, to the, into the, into the, the, the lower level. So, so that's the timing of those and then and then around um, exploration, we'll continue exploration right the right the road through. Excellent. Well, thank you for uh, answering those questions, and stay safe, everybody. Thank you. And your next question comes from Nicholas Dion with Cormark Securities. Hi, everyone. Congrats on another uh, solid quarter. Um, your earnings and cash flow from operations were quite strong, but the free cash flow was a bit lighter due to your growth. CapEx spend in the quarter. So just wondering if you could elaborate on 
some of the you know investments and growth you made in the quarter, um, as well as any other drivers beyond that, which impacted your cash. Thanks. Yeah, actually, um, Oliver, do you want to answer that one? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, thanks for the question, Nick. Um, there's there's several things in the first quarter. Uh, as we stated previously, we were adding two new underground uh, trucks to our mining fleet, which were outstandingly successful at Beta Hunt last year in 2020. They drove uh, market uh, productivity improvements. So we added another one of those in, in the first quarter. It's engaged now, which is excellent. We had the 2.5 million U.S. Uh, payment to Mavericks. That's the second half of the payment from the deal last year. That is now finalized and complete. And then, of course, as Graham mentioned, we've done a lot of work around mobilizing these new higher-grade opportunities, both at Higginsville and at Spargo. So you'll see in, in the capital investment line, we put a lot of money back into PP&E and into our projects. So it was a, uh, a planned uh, heavier capital quarter. Uh, nevertheless, we obviously still generated uh, some free cash flow, as you noted. So setting us ourselves up very well for the rest of the year as these higher-grade pro- projects come online. So we'll, we'll see continued uh, improvement quarter over quarter as we progress through the year. Okay, thanks. And then I guess is it fair to say that the, the CapEx spend this year will be more first-half weighted? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's absolutely correct. Okay. Okay, and then moving on, I guess just finally on your debt balance, um, you mentioned previously the potential to refinance that. So just wondering if there's any updates there. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take that one. Um, with respect to the debt, um, as a reminder, we got the debt when we bought the Higginsville mill. Uh, we didn't want to... Uh, issue more equity and we believed uh, we could always repay the debt which we're very comfortable that was a great decision to do at the time we paid 10 percent uh now that the company's evolved and we're in production we're we're we have a lot more different opportunities with respect to refinancing that debt at a much lower coupon um, we're currently in the process of finalizing our growth fund that we've been talking about we're using that with bankers to show a growth plan and explore some term sheets with several groups, uh, several we signed with four different groups, and we're evaluating term sheets to refinance that debt at a much, much lower rate than what we have today. Um, so stay tuned. We will continue to update. The growth plan will come out, and then we're going to get that to the bankers. And... Um, we'll be refinancing that debt this year. Okay, great. Thanks. That's that's it for me. Thank you. And your next question comes from David Talbot with Red Cloud. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Congrats on a good quarter. No surprises in giving us even more to look forward to. Um, I I guess on that note, what is your expected timing to update the market on your organic, organic growth plan? And what should we really expect from that? Yeah, so thanks for the question. Um, as we were talking about, our objective is to get that organic growth plan by the end of Q2. Um, as I, I, I don't know if you heard me say a little earlier, we've been working actually around the clock with groups in North America and groups on this time zone to make sure that we get it out on time. It's more important that we get it right. Uh, Just like everyone else, we've been 
Um, we've been struggling with some consultants and trying to get uh, contractors to to work, um, but it's it's getting done. We're we're close to the finish line now and expect something by the end of Q2 for that organic growth plan. Yeah, I, I guess struggling with the consultants, is that uh, more of an availability issue or is it a, a COVID restriction issue? Yeah, sorry. Um, maybe struggling is the wrong word. Uh, maybe I should choose my words carefully. It's not necessarily struggling. Look, um, there are some COVID restrictions. There's just a lack thereof. So maybe it's not struggling. There's just not as, you know, we went through a big process to determine which group we would use that took us quite a while um, and having the right consultants and availability to do all the work alongside us was challenging. Struggling might have been too too harsh of a word, I guess. But again, um, I certainly am happy to see that we're, we're getting close to the finish line now and looking towards the end of this quarter, we'll have something out. Okay, fair enough. You you always mentioned that that's coming out in second quarter, so it's still yeah. relatively on track. So, okay. And then the second yeah. question here: Can you update us on your plans for your Australian listing and what your objectives are behind that decision? Yeah. So with respect to the Australian listing, we've always had a lot of demand. Um, we've always had interest from numerous groups in Australia asking us to get uh, a listing. Now, we're going to continue evaluating that. The decision's not final yet, um, but uh, it's certainly something we're, we're looking at closely with the board. And, and I guess the only way to say it is there's, there's a tremendous amount of demand for, for us to get that listing, considering all our assets are currently in Australia. So that's, that's about the best update I can give you on that right now. Do you have a sense that that's retail demand or institutional? No, no, actually, yeah, I do have a sense. Thanks for asking. It's 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 certainly institutional. Um, we are getting inbound lookers, these superannuation funds in Australia uh, that have to invest in Australia. Um, there's certainly quite a few funds, and they are institutions, that have um, expressed significant interest with our company. Great. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. And we have no further questions. I will now turn the call back to Paul Hewitt. Look, I just want to once again reiterate, uh, thank you for taking the time to join us with your call. We recognize just how busy people's calendars are and their schedules. Um, and I want to wish everyone a great day and uh, thank you for supporting us. Um, have a great day. We'll talk soon. Thank you very much. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.